biggest ruin my life. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way. And now people are still asking me if I knew Star Wars was going to be that big of a hit. <laughs> yes, I knew. We all knew. The only one who didn't know was George Lucas. We kept it from him. Because <laughs> we wanted to see what his face looked like when it changed expression. <laughs> and the man fooled us even then. He got ILM to change his facial expressions for him. And THX sound to make the noise of a face changing expression. <laughs> May the force be with you. Hello, Star Wars fans and moof milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 55 of Blast Points. We're back. Gabe, how was your two weeks off? It was good. It could be two weeks longer. <laughs> but I saw Rogue One a bunch of times. I think I'm at seven now. My son came with me four times, so getting him hooked on the on the madness. <laughs> what, are, what does he think of it? Like, How does he rate it amongst other... Star he likes it, but I think I finally got him to admit I think he likes it the best just because it's in the theater and it's new. But uh, he said Return of the Jedi is his actual favorite of all. So You're raising him right. Yeah, you can't argue with that. No. But he really likes Borgullet. Borgullet! Borgullet, Radis. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed the last couple times because, man, it seems like there's tons of, like, it's a, like a true Star Wars movie. There's tons of stuff packed in the background. But I finally found the giant... Trooper lizards from the the Atlas book. Oh yeah, I heard that they're actually in there. So where are they? So they are actually there in the background. They're a little bit harder to see because everything kind of blurs out in the background. Yeah, but there's definitely um, when they're on Jeddah and you see the hologram head of uh, Booty Rook. Booty, which Rook, Booty, Booty, local boy. A yep. couple shots after that, in the top left, when uh, Jen and Cassian are talking to each other, you can see one. And then our friend Richie pointed out a bunch more that I had missed. When Right when the tank shows up, and there's that whole tank scene, mm-hmm. towards the end of that, in the back right, 
you can see a couple of them walking by. I think those ones you can actually see the stormtroopers on them. Oh man! And then there's the at the end of that scene, there's that big kind of wide aerial shot of all of Jeddah, and you see like a little ATST walking in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Off to the right, there's a bunch of them walking around too that I always miss because that my eye always gets drawn to the ATST. Man, well, you know, it's another reason to see it again. Have you noticed any other stuff in the? Because you're, you mean, you've seen it three times since last episode. Well, I noticed one thing. I noticed um, the very last shot of the movie. You can see a reflection of Leia in the um, when they're going off to hyperspace. You can see Leia's reflection in the window of her ship. I didn't notice that until uh, what the sixth time I saw it. Yeah, I never caught that until you mentioned it to me. No, if anything, like watching it, like especially like the sixth time, um, just everything just settling in, you know, like getting so used to the music and just letting it settle, and it's it's very much settled. Yeah, there is a difference to once it's not the new thing. I was like when I had said after the movie that I really started to like Force Awakens even more. We watched Force Awakens again over break, and it was cool to watch it. Now that it's not the new Star Wars movie anymore, has a different feel to it. Now that it's kind of settled in, as it's just one of the gang with the other other movies. Now it's not the new kid. And then the other thing I can't remember if I mentioned is K two S O looks just like Joey Ramone. Did you know that wasn't me? The more I look at him, it's like his eyes look just like the glasses Joey Ramone always wears. They're the same height, the same build. The same posture. Same posture, yeah. So it's like you put a wig on him, he could start a pretty sweet all robot Ramones cover band. Which should happen. I hopefully, yeah, maybe celebration they'll get get on that. We gotta call Mary Franklin. <laughs> Let her know. I would like to see K2 in blue jeans, period. Yeah, that would be a good look. Yeah. Yeah, maybe someone will make it happen. Get some doll blue jeans to put on the black figure. <laughs> oh, and then the other thing, I hope everybody watched the the Secrets of Tarkin. Oof. That was on, was that on ABC? Yeah, it was the best seven minutes or whatever of television I've ever seen. The craziest thing for me was the whole where they basically, because it wasn't crazy enough that they had CG Tarkin, was that they used the rubber mold they made of Peter Cushing's head for the movie Top Secret. Right, and they, they did like a digital scan of the mold, right? Yeah, of the rubber head they made so they could give him the giant goofy eye <laughs> in Top Secret, which was crazy enough. But then, I don't know, this blew my mind. Um, so, a friend of Blast Points Richie's brother, Lou, <laughs> looked at the back of the DVD for Top Secret after we were talking about the rubber head thing. And basically, the whole synopsis of the movie Top Secret is pretty much Rogue One, exactly. <laughs> what, what does it say on the back, the back like, of the if DVD? You, if I read it, it's basically uh, Top Secret pits American rock star Nick Rivers 
against the dreaded East German High Command. It's a race against time as Nick teams up with Hillary Flamond to find her father before he can create the ultimate superweapon, the Polaris Mine. I'm not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist, only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. I know. It It all sounds like some bad movie. Finally, the top secret, the Star Wars connection we've all been waiting for. Yeah. So, Diego Luna is... The new Val Kilmer. <laughs> he should have been singing, uh, got a straight, straight in the rug. You got a straight in the rug. Yeah, straight in the rug. You got to give it a push. Yeah, give it a shove. Well, rug comes running up, Everybody saying, go watch uh, The Dirty Dozen to get ready for what Rogue One's going to be. When really... All you had to do was watch Top Secret. It's all right there. All there. Tarkin's there. Yeah, we never knew. It was right in front of us. So, this part, I'm so confused by every time. At the very beginning, when we first meet Cassian and the and the stormtroopers come up, mm-hmm. they're like, we want to see your scan docs. Yeah. And he, my gloves. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, understand what's going on there. I always like to think that I know what he's <laughs> like what that means. It's my gloves. I Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> And I forget about it until I go see the movie again and then it's like my gloves. <laughs> I don't understand what do you need gloves for when the stormtroopers fall for it. I got to remember that. <laughs> yeah. I get like Arrested by the cops. It's like, my gloves. Hold on, let me get my gloves. So in the in those two weeks um, that we were away, I feel like the, the Han Solo movie has started to really start to kind of ramp up, right? Han Solo. 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 Now that we're starting to get a feel for this whole never-ending Star Wars cycle, right? Rogue One's in theater, so now they're going to start loosening the tap. Or, I don't know, opening the tap. (laughs) 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 On... The uh, episode eight and Han Solo stuff. Yeah, so uh, Kathy Kennedy pretty much confirmed that filming is starting next month in February. So, okay, so Han Solo movie is supposed to come out still what, in May, right? 2018? Yes. But people were saying after the success of Rogue One, a December 13th, 2018 release date seems more likely. At some point, I think they're going to stop pretending the movies are going to come out in the summer, and they're just going to admit that winter time now is Star Wars time because it makes perfect sense to have the movies around Christmas time because there's you know they're not competing with themselves with the Marvel movies or the other big summer movies. It seems like wishful thinking too that they're all of a sudden going to whip one of these movies out in less than two years too. Right, like they're all going to get done early. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird that Han Solo was still marked as summer. And isn't Episode 8 still marked as summer? Well, 9. Or, 
So nine was still summer, but yeah, because eight was summer, and then they admitted, oh, no, no, that's going to be Christmas now. Yeah, nine is still scheduled for May 23rd, 2019, which I wouldn't be surprised if that goes to December 2019 also. Yeah, I just, at this point, I don't see what they have to gain by trying to bring Star Wars back to the summer. Because it just, at this point now, it's like Christmas time is Star Wars time to me. I'm used to it. Yeah, it would almost feel weird now. Like a Star Wars movie in the summer now, after two. Yeah. And it's just so perfect. It's like there's new toys out, and it's like you're at the store Christmas shopping, and there's Star Wars toys. It's like, it's perfect. Something else I'm fine with, so a rumor came out uh, casting for the role of Han Solo's mentor in the Han Solo movie, and Woody Harrelson's name came up as a front runner, which that's interesting, right? Yeah, I could see that working. On one hand, it's a little weird, maybe, because he's kind of, he's not necessarily a big, I mean, he's a big name actor, but he's not a big name actor, but he's been around for so long that, but I guess with the rest of the cast being more up and coming actors, maybe they want to have one big name in the cast up there with Chewbacca. (laughs) It's like, it's hard, it's hard not to think of Woody Harrelson as a mentor and immediately not think of him in like the Hunger Games movies as that kind of character, but I don't think that's probably where they're going with it. I could totally see the Woody Harrelson as like an older hotshot pilot. Yeah. Well, and who's to say he's even going to be human in the movie? It's true. He could be uh, the new Dexter Jetster. As he should be. Like a blonde version of Dexter Jetster. (laughs) With a blonde mustache. Yeah, like an even more handsome version. Hey, old buddy. Yeah. One. He should have been a Rogue One pilot. He already had the mustache. He should have. They should have thrown everybody in there. Guess what? It's me. I'm a pilot. General Jetster. <laughs> I've been around forever. <laughs> so the the first thing I thought with the Woody Harrelson thing when that came up was the, uh, the annotated screenplays book, which is like still it's a untapped goldmine of information, the Star Wars annotated screenplays. It came out in, what, mid-90s, like 97, right around the time of the special edition. But it has a hole in the, in the Empire Strikes Back part. It has a whole bunch of information on the first draft of Empire, where they're talking about George Lucas fleshing out Han's backstory. And it says Han is an orphan, was raised by Wookiees on their planet. He left, flunked out of the Space Academy, and met some kind of Ernest Hemingway character, a very powerful traitor in the galaxy who took Han under his wing until they had a falling out. Han swore he'd never talk to him again. Which is interesting because I wonder how many of these story meetings with this draft with uh, Kasdan was part of, and now going into the Han Solo movie with Kasdan writing it, or written it, if he's just going back to his old notes from 1978, 79, whatever. I got to think that at least, yeah, as a starting point that they would, because they've been doing so much of that with uh, the visuals too. Like if at some point they're going to have used every Ralph McQuarrie sketch ever made for anything, probably. Right. So it would make sense if they have, you know, Lawrence Kazan and his son back. Yeah. Why wouldn't they at least draw from that stuff? Um, and that was kind of, I guess, with the prequels, too, as much as people complain about certain things, a lot of those ideas were back from those original backstory drafts, too. Even the, like, Anakin building a droid, right? That was in the uh, 
C three three yeah the C three PO backstory from back then. Yeah, and eventually we've got to do like a whole episode about the Antan's screenplays because like you go back to the uh, the very first drafts of um, Star Wars: A New Hope, and the opening is almost identical to Rogue One. And what's interesting too is this: the book keeps going where it says, "As the story begins, the Rebel Alliance needs this man, the very powerful traitor, on its side." By now, he controls all non-military transports in the galaxy and is the head of some sort of transport guild. Leia tells Han they've made contact with him and they'll talk to him, blah, blah, blah. It keeps going, but even that kind of echoes Rogue One. So Rebels is back, which is awesome. It just came back like over last weekend with the Saw Gerrera episodes. And then kind of right before that, we got a new trailer for the rest of season three, which was, which was a doozy. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it kind of blew my mind because I was thinking, I remember that day you're like, hey, there's a new trailer. I was like, oh, it's another trailer for the Sagarera episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'll watch this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, this is the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, Jedi, Jedi Order. This is Master Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. This message is a warning for any surviving Jedi. is a warning. Dark Shadow. This is a warning. Warning. Yeah. There's some there's some hot sauce in there. Yeah. The Empire is hiding something, something important. We'll deal with it. They can't keep it hidden forever. There's some wings and sauce and <laughs> blue cheese and <laughs> celery and carrots. It's all in there. <laughs> some boneless wings maybe in there, I don't know. Yeah. United to the bones, it's alright. We got the free too. <laughs> Yeah, because what it started out with hologram Obi Wan, which mm-hmm. I guess I saw him way back in the beginning of Rebels, right? Talking about warning, warning, warning. <laughs> yeah, you got some kind of super magna droid thing throwing yeah, chopper right. around. Magna guard deluxe. Did you notice that that droid? And maybe I'm just imagining, but it kind of has like a K two S O head. Uh, maybe, I'll have to go. <laughs> but the the Magna Guards kind of had that head a little bit anyway, too, though. Yeah, that's true. They did the little eyes, right? Did yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They were always kind of K two S O ish with the the Joey Ramone glasses. <laughs> um, maybe the Magna Guards were all big Ramones fans too. I mean, yeah. I. I would imagine General Grievous is the biggest Ramones fan there is. He, he probably he had a Ramones logo on the back of his cape, but then he got sued. He, <laughs> off. he, he even right. He likes their albums that came out in the nineties. Like he's like he's deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh. Um, but you know, I, I we got to give credit to the Magna Guards because. 
well, I guess Grievous too, but you know, you can't go wrong with droids wearing clothes. No. No. When we were talking about K2SA with jeans, it's like the Magna Guards, they would have wore jeans if they had them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. General Grievous is a droid that wears a cape, which, in my opinion, is always good. Yeah, and they made sure the Magna Guards wore capes too, so. Yeah. You know, they were sharp dressed squad of robot guys. Super droids. Um, speaking of super droids, there's a shot in the Rebels trailer of uh, Thrawn surrounded by Death Troopers. Crazy. Which I, we're gonna get some Death Trooper backstory a little bit. I'm fine, even if we just hear them talk a little bit more. I love it. Uh, so Thrawn is figuring out pretty much that Callus is uh, Fulcrum. Callus is doomed. There's a rebel spying armies. Codename Fulcrum. So Mon Mothma's in the house. Can't go wrong. We're building an alliance. This is our rebellion. Is that the same actress? What's her name? Genevieve O'Reilly? Yeah. Is she doing the voice of Mon Mothma in the uh, in Rebels? You know, I don't know. I couldn't I tell. She wouldn't, but now I can't remember. Was Mon Mothma on Rebels at all yet? No. She was in Clone Wars. If I had to guess, I would say it would be her. I mean, if they got Forrest Whitaker to do it and there wasn't already a... But I guess if she didn't do it in Clone Wars, I could see them keeping the Clone Wars actress. Right. A coordinated attack by multiple rebel cells is unprecedented. They revealed their meager defenses. And it's exactly this moment I've been waiting for. So, uh, pretty well, it looks like Thrawn finds out about uh, the Rebels' hangout, Chopper Base. Uh, it makes me wonder, what about the Bendu? Does he get out of there? What, where does he go? What happens with Bendu? Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Maybe Bendu uh, has to throw down a little bit. Don't Maybe blow up my house. <laughs> oh, so since we were talking about the Bendu, have you noticed that the Bendu is just the big mix? Remember the cereal in like the 80s, 90s? Big <laughs> yeah, he is. He is Big Mix. He's Big Mix. If anyone doesn't remember Big Mix, go look at a picture of Big Mix. <laughs> look at a picture of Bendu. They're the exact same creature. Deep in the Yakima Valley lives a hungry beast with an appetite as big as... A moose. A pig. A wolf. Definitely a chicken. He's Big Mix. Oh! Now Kellogg's introduces Big Mix cereal, as mixed up as Big Mix himself, with oats, rice, wheat, corn, and raisins to tame the wild chicken wolf moose pig appetite in you. Part of his complete breakfast. Ah, you heard my call. Good. Your imbalance woke me from a deep slumber. Uh And it makes total sense since Star Wars was based on all the old cereals. Yeah, Big Mix is Bendu. Someone that, someone likes breakfast cereal on the Rebels team. I could see Filoni eating big bowls of Big Mix every day. Eat my cereal. Welcome home. I should let them know we're coming so they don't shoot us down. <laughs> That's funny. I Wait, you're not kidding, are you? Your Rebel friends are going to bring the Empire down on all of us. If you can convince your mother to help the rebels, all of Mandalore might follow you in the Darksaber. 
Once people know you have it, you will be challenged. You must use all your skills together. Um, so it looks like Sabine goes back to Mandalore, a very snowy Mandalore. She's training with the Darksaber, holding it up He-Man style. Which was pretty cool to see that she's going to get training from the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the crazy shot then of her f- with Kate, uh, Ezra's saber, right? Yeah. Fighting the other Mandalorian who has the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. It's neat. It almost looks like, I guess that's a story arc for her, that maybe she ends up the leader of the Mandalorians. At some point, I'm ready. I'm fighting for you and everyone else not to lose what they've got. My friends make the impossible possible. Come on, bust some buckets. We will show the galaxy what happens to those who dare speak against the Emperor. Not a fight, can help it. We'll never surrender to you, Thrawn. I'm not accepting surrenders. I want utter defeat crashing down upon you. Then you had Thrawn doing kung fu training with death with the dark trooper people. We're gonna see death troopers and dark troopers together. You got Ezra in a space helmet. Which looks yeah, awesome. Helmets are back. Space helmets are back. Bubble space helmets. But the big, the big hot sauce of the episode, though, is the final moments. You're in the wrong place. Freaking Ben Kenobi sitting by the fire. Roasting marshmallows. Yeah, making s'mores. <laughs> Roast floating marshmallows with the force, thinking. <laughs> Anakin would be so grumpy if he saw me doing this. <laughs> Out walks Darth Maul. You're in the wrong place. And then he does the classic pose. Yeah. We th- knew it was coming. We thought it was coming. But it still doesn't prepare you for it really coming. Yeah. Old man Kenobi's back. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Yeah, I just wonder with when that Ben Kenobi versus Darth Maul episode when that shows up, how they're gonna do that because that's not even it's the it's part of the rebel story, I guess, because like Maul's been there, but that's like are we gonna just have a whole episode about that that's gonna be like a special episode of Rebels that doesn't feature the Rebels crew or something? That's a good point. Like how the comic book did, where they just do the little Kenobi journal things. Yeah. Unless there's, I mean, there's still some overlap between Maul and Ezra's story, right? So Yeah, if Ezra somehow goes to Tatooine also. Yeah, it could be inner or intercut with, if it's the season finale episodes or something, maybe the Rebels crew is doing something and Obi-Wan and Maul are doing their thing and it's just cutting back and forth between the two. Yeah, who knows? We probably will see the end of Darth Maul, maybe. I would bet that's yes, because uh, we know who definitely is still around in episode four, So, and probably who's not. Yeah, unless Darth Maul's just chained up in Obi-Wan's basement. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there. Let me out. Let me out. Help me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or they just share some marshmallows. We want yeah. some marshmallows. Come sit by me. Come here, don't be afraid. I've got Hershey bars. 
Don't remember ever making s'mores before? Very interesting. She was as tough as she was beautiful. Here they come! A gentle princess who could handle a blaster with the best of them. But all she had to do to save the Rebel Alliance was escape from the Death Star. Princess Leah was running out of time. Princess Leah is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. One thing that happened in the last uh, couple weeks that was all the talk for Star Wars fans, uh, and it's a big bummer. Of course, everybody knows it. We have to talk about it. Uh, Carrie Fisher. The unfortunate um, passing of Carrie Fisher. Kind of took everybody by surprise. And, you know, the timing of it with the end of Rogue One and uh, that last shot of Leia, it's just, it's weird. And I don't know, Gabe, when, when you've seen Rogue One, like, over, since Carrie Fisher's been gone, what does that last shot, like, uh, what does that do for you? Oh, it's it's way more impactful. And it is kind of like, it's weird because that's supposed to be, like, after all the downer stuff that happens, yeah. it's like the ray of sunshine at the end where she talks about how there's hope. Um, but now it is kind of bittersweet to see it because, yeah, you think about reality for a second there and that Carrie's not with us anymore and she's not going to be part of Star Wars anymore. So it's, yeah, it makes it pretty heavy at the end. You know, and it's, it's interesting because, like, Carrie Fisher always said, like, when she did conventions and stuff that the people... There were people there to see her, but she and Leia were the same person for her, and she was the custodian of Leia. And I feel like for so many of, like, especially the original trilogy actors, for us, the the actors that played them and the characters, it's, I don't know, for so many of us that grew up with those movies and played with the toys, the lines blur for us a little bit, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well, especially, I think, yeah, with Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher, they kind of are a lot like their characters in real life. And especially, yeah, Carrie Fisher, I think most of all, like all of the attitude and energy and that Princess Leia had, I mean, Carrie Fisher was like that in real life, even more so. It's almost like her her real life persona was bigger than uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. Which was like more Princess Leia than Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's that it's it's so great thinking that like in um in less than a year we're going to see her on screen again as General Leia, which will be awesome. And but it will add a whole nother layer to episode eight. And it'll be weird not seeing her Doing the rounds, talking about the movie, going on talk shows for eight again. I mean, that's some of the best memories and things of her is interviews and things she did other than the movie because she was just always so funny and such a uh, just you never knew what she was going to say. 
I remember when we were at Celebration Anaheim, and they had the whole cast out. And we were within, we were up in like the top level, but you could look right down where we were, and there was like five or six rows of the big wigs, like the reserved seats. And there was Bob Iger, CEO of Disney. And he was there. I think he was sitting next to his wife. And I remember when Carrie Fisher was talking about uh, she was a shampoo bottle and you had to unscrew her head to get soap out of the body, you know? (laughs) And I remember Bob Iger, like, looked over at his wife and she just kind of, like, tapped his leg, like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know. She didn't do, when she did interviews or when she did conventions or whatever, she was, she kept it real. She didn't follow the script. She said whatever she wanted to say. And that was kind of the way she did her whole life, which isn't really the Hollywood norm, kind of. She didn't really have like a public persona and a private persona. It seemed like she was just always Carrie Fisher. Yeah. That'll be missed. You know, that really will be missed. Episode eight will be will be interesting because it is so far away that people are bummed about her dying right now and they're going to kind of forget about it and it'll kind of I don't know it'll be interesting to see how it's handled because you can't ignore it when they start talking about episode eight yeah but it will kind of put a weird spin on the marketing for episode eight I think because it's like you know on one hand it's everyone's excited there's a new Star Wars it's the continuation of the new trilogy and then on the other hand, it's like Carrie Fisher's last role. And The only thing that really I didn't like during um, the last couple of weeks was people talking about how um, Leia will be handled in nine, you know, and like the idea of like, oh, are they going to do her digital? Or there was all that talk that like Lucasfilm is going to have a meeting to decide what to do with Leia's character. Almost to me, like, of course, as Star Wars fans, we think about that because we think about everything Star Wars constantly. But it's like you have to have utmost faith in Lucasfilm as being extremely smart people and they know what to do. And it's almost like I almost imagine if you asked Carrie Fisher's daughter if she thought that was a big deal, like what they were going to do with Leia and Nine, what she would tell you, you know, it's not. It would have been really hard on people, I think, if she died anyway. Because I mean, we've talked about this with uh, Kenny Baker. It's like we're going to get to the point where all these, you know, Star Wars fans are going to have to deal with all the the original actors, you know, getting up there and in age. But the fact that she was in the movie still, um, and that we don't know what, yeah, what Leia's role in Nine. I mean, I can understand why people are wondering about it, but now is probably not the time to be worrying about it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Lucasfilm will figure something out. It's unfortunate whenever there's these situations where they have to figure out something, but you know, sometimes that works out for the best. I don't know. Yeah. We got to know her especially more, I'd say since the Force Awakens came out as such a, um, like to use a, a bad word, like a force of personality in interviews where just or like her being on like Good Morning America or something could suddenly be spread all over the internet. And not in a bad way, but just no one, like we were saying, she didn't have 
a private persona. She just let it all out, said whatever she wanted, brought Gary with her. Yeah, because usually when people are doing, you know, they're doing the press run for a movie, they have their talking points, and there's people that coach them on what to talk about and what not to talk about and all that sort of stuff, and you kind of just get used to, okay, it's celebrity, it's movie stars doing their press run stuff, and they're on all the talk shows. But she didn't, <laughs> I'm sure someone talked to her about what she's supposed to talk about, but she just talked about whatever. Yeah. So in the, in the past couple of weeks or so, we watched like a bunch of videos of um, of Carrie Fisher through the years. And there's some, there's, there's some we can talk about as being kind of uh, highlights and a celebration of the greatness that was Carrie Fisher. I think that's the important thing, too, is everyone's bummed that she's not here, but she's definitely not the kind of person that would want people. I don't think to be sad. Didn't she put her ashes in a giant Prozac pill? Oh yeah. The, this weekend. Yeah. And if, if you have the chance, watch the, um, the new documentary that just came out on HBO because you get to see a lot of Carrie Fisher's house in LA and her house is one of the most amazing things you've ever seen in your life. She has a whole wall of like old Victorian paintings of children dressed in really fancy clothes. And she talks about how one of them looks like Shia LaBeouf and one looks like Richard Dreyfuss. And it's just, it's amazing. I, I saw that that was coming. I didn't realize that it was actually out already. Yeah, it's fantastic. So one of my favorite Carrie Fisher things that she did a lot and I can never get tired of it is her making fun of George Lucas. Yeah, she may be the best at it. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the, the top of it is the, the AFI George Lucas roast. George is a sadist. <laughs> but like any abused child wearing a metal bikini changed to a giant slug about to die, <clears throat> I keep coming back for more. And though amongst your many possessions, you have owned my likeness, lo, all these years, so that every time I look in the mirror, I have to send you a check for a couple of bucks. <laughs> Not to mention, you had the unmitigated gall to let that chick, the new girl who plays my mother, Queen Amadillo, or whatever her name is, she wears a new hairstyle and outfit practically every time she walks through a door. I mean, I bet she even got to wear a bra, even though you told me I couldn't because there was no underwear in space. I'm only slightly bitter because you, my formerly silent friend, are an extraordinary talent and, let's face it, an artist the like of which is seen perhaps once in a generation who helps define that generation and who deserves every award I now spend the latter half of my Leia-laden life helping to hurl your way. And in conclusion, Your Honor, I hope I slept with you to get the job because if not, who the hell was that guy? Now, I remember, and I did tons of research trying to find this again, and maybe I imagined it, but maybe some of our listeners remember this too. I swear at one time there was a 
Carrie Fisher interview program where it was on some cable network where it was like Carrie Fisher's interviewing celebrities. And I swear the first episode was her interviewing George Lucas. I don't ever remember seeing that. And I, cause I swear in that she was talking to him like on a couch and she was like, have you, she's like, have you ever done drugs? And he's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, well, have you ever drank alcohol? And he's like, I did it once at a party in the sixties and I felt sick. So I never did it again. And she, I remember she was just like, you are the strangest person I have ever met in my entire life. But now I, that you're describing that, I remember seeing that. Yeah, but it's, it's not on YouTube. And I tried like looking up like, what was the name of this show? Maybe I'm searching this the wrong way. I couldn't find anything. Now that we're so spoiled by the internet, when there's things you can't find on the internet. <laughs> you're like, maybe it didn't exist. Yeah, that it makes you feel like you're crazy because it's not on the internet. Right. I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. <laughs> an, a, another classic one is the one I was talking about earlier, like the, the Good Morning America where she was on there talking about Force Awakens. <laughs> but it's it's everything it's promised to be and more. Gary, you saw it. Gary did see it. <laughs> Gary, what did you think? He panted all the way through it. I think it was too loud. Oh, uh, a little too loud. It was his first real screening. <laughs> so he looked like that still. The tongue wasn't out of his mouth before he saw the movie. And that that's, happened that's after watching review. the movie. It'll happen to everyone. Wow. Okay. Good to <laughs> know. Worth it, though. That's how good it is. You won't care that your tongue is out of your mouth like that. Good to know. Now, I understand that George Lucas personally asked you to come back. Did it take some convincing? No. I'm a female in Hollywood over the age of, let's say, 40, and then we could also say 50. So we could say it, but not with real conviction or excitement. You don't have to ask you if you want to work at that age. You'll see someday. You'll be <laughs> I, I, I'm over the age of 40. I, I hear you. Now, That's now you, <laughs> what was your reaction? I looked like that. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, you're going to do it. I've been Princess Leia for 40 years. So what, I'm going to stop now when it's really ridiculous to be someone named Princess Leia or General Yeah, you're Leia. General Leia now. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous in a really good way. Yeah, in a great way. I mean, tell me about how did you prepare to bring back this role? Did you prepare? You're, you're, you're scoffing at I me. got in character, and I've never gotten out again. And really, I've tried everything. Yeah, there's. I think I was telling you this earlier. It's like there's a lot of ones that aren't safe for <laughs> for kids too. That she can get pretty uh, raunchy. Yeah, if you're the, if the, you're if you're a grown up, the, you can look for some of those. The Arsenio Hall one, especially, right? It's from like 1990 or something. I think. Yeah. I remember seeing that when it was on and and being like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I think that was my first time I realized just how raw Carrie Fisher can be. There was a really great one from the Force Awakens red carpet in L.A. last year where it's her and Oscar Isaac. And Oscar Isaac the whole time just has to go pee. You too. I didn't expect to see you. Hey, what's up? I have to pee. Yeah, it's cool party Dude, right? 
That's why it's, I'm unbuttoned here, because I have to... Jake Lachey. Uh-oh. So Jake Lachey. It happens to the best of us. Um, should we just, you know what I want to do? Can we just give uh, Carrie's card? Carrie, can we just Car- give Carrie Oscar's questions? <laughs> Carrie, do you want to just interview Oscar real quick? Yes. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, let me find him. Wait, I've got Billy's yeah. question. Billy, and then Oscar, would you there like you to go. interview Billy? Yeah. I've done them on every show. Yeah. Okay, what? I'm doing it. Okay. What? Another thing. Okay. Are you I have to pee really to bad. That's why this is happening. Excuse me. Yep. But I did not ever hear your last name mentioned in the movie. You didn't? Did you? I'm Poe Dameron. Yeah. Do you remember ever me <laughs> being a general when we were together? You were a general. I was. I had to do a reshoot where I said she doesn't like there, being called. Because. Yeah. But we didn't. We didn't use it though. We didn't use it because nobody would believe it. This is upsetting. Okay. Nobody so, would believe that you have that discipline. Wait. Uh, was there anything particularly researched or inspired? Nothing. Yes. Uh, I was inspired that, and oh, researched. He's been nominated. Ooh. Uh, when you that you brought your character to life. What? Your process. That wasn't a sentence. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) That was not a sentence. What inspired Poe? Not Edgar Allan, by the way. Pilots. Pilots. I've read about pilots and piloting. I've read about what it felt like to be in a... a, 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 He's just talking over there now. Yeah. I I read about what if... Yeah. What about you? What research did you do? I asked uh, the early young Carrie Fisher what it would be like 48 years later. Oh, wait, it's 40. What did that, what did that young woman say? She's not speaking to me. She was very busy and she was partying, very busy. partying and making sure that I would look like shit later. She had her mouth. So, and I don't mean shit. By shit, I mean not as good as in the other sense. There's another one, a really great one, where she was on uh, in the UK, the Graham Norton show. And we realized that Carrie Fisher told Graham Norton the whole story of The Force Awakens a year before the movie came out. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know. It was awful, but I told him. No, no, I, I, and I kept the secret. So she's so rubbish, she told me. Because he, I knew I'd do the show one day and it would help me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was, people You've talking, had the, people be talking had about Star Wars and I'm thinking, I know what happens. Yes. yes. Have you seen the film? Yes, but before but that, that, a year ago she you? told me. Yeah. Well, everything. Everything. Oh my God, My gosh. I can't believe, of all the people to trust with a secret, I'm not the one. Remember, like, the lead-up to Force Awakens, and she was an absolute goldmine of information? Like, we waited for more Carrie Fisher interviews because she was the one spilling all the beans. Like, oh, yeah, Harrison's coming back. Mark II, we're all coming back. We don't, it's like we don't like there's not much more that even can be said about Carrie Fisher but she's going to be missed by all Star Wars fans going forward and but like we said it's going to be great it's going to be bittersweet and awesome seeing her on screen again in a year I think it'd be nice if the movie was dedicated to her or something at the end you know yeah which I'm sure it will be 
I'm sure they'll do some nice stuff. But yeah, I mean, General Leia will be back. I think it'd be awesome, too, to have uh, at Celebration in Orlando to have some sort of tribute show to her or something. I think a group setting like that for Star Wars fans could be really awesome. Maybe let's just show Under the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> on the big screen. <laughs> just all the Star Wars movies with everything cut out except for the Leia parts. That would actually be pretty sweet. Yeah. An all Leia supercut. I'd be into it. I'm an alcoholic because George Lucas ruined my life. So, Gabe, we've got two new iTunes reviews. Awesome. Which is awesome. So, first one is from TalkFan. And TalkFan says, you'll have a blast. A fun, engaging, and hilarious way to receive your Star Wars news. No other show flawlessly integrates so many cool sound bites. That's what we got from TalkFan. So, thank, All right. thank you, TalkFan. And then we got Stay on Target from PDX Harvey. And PDX Harvey writes, you guys are the best. Every time I listen to you, I feel like I'm nostalgic for a childhood I never had, in a good way. I didn't see the original Star Wars 77 until I was 33 years old. 36 now. Amazing, right? Wow. And this is the great part. And I actually saw the holiday special first, many years before that. Our kind of listener. Now yeah. I'm making up for it. Now I'm making up for lost time, and I'm happy to tag along as you guys are hilarious and knowledgeable guides to all things Star Wars. Thank you. Great to hear. Yeah, and I would love to hear more how you actually saw the holiday special first and didn't see Star Wars until three years ago. I can't even imagine what that would have done to to someone's brain. <laughs> But, you know, I always, it's like when you meet someone who hasn't seen a Star Wars movie, I'm always kind of like, I'm, I'm weirdly like envious of you because what would that, I don't even know what that would be like watching them new now. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could like erase my memory just, just to see what it would feel like <laughs> to see, to see Dooku on the speeder for the first time. <laughs> just erase all memory of seeing Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But in the best way, not in the way other people would. So you can yeah. relive the magic of Dooku yeah. on the speeder again. Yeah. I'm going to see it again for the first time. <laughs> and these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Um, so yeah, you should leave uh, you should leave us a review on iTunes after you're done listening to this show. If you go on there and leave a five star review, we'll read your review on an upcoming show, just like PDX Harvey and Talk Fan. And Blast Points is on the internet now. Whoa! <laughs> if for some reason you only listened to us and never looked at any of the other 
places we have stuff. We have a website now. Yes. What? What? Where? What's? What's the web address of this website? So you can go to blastpointspodcast.com and uh, we'll have stuff there too. Yeah. There's a there's a rebels review on there right now of uh, Ghosts of Geonosis, and there's going to be all kinds of fun stuff coming on there pretty soon. Yeah. Check it out. And you can also check us out on all the usual social media places. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all of those. You can tell us what you thought of the show, recommend ideas for shows, or ask us questions about K2SO wearing blue jeans, whatever you want. If you want more Obi-Wan imitations, let us know. Uh, so on that note, <laughs> wrapping up. See you in a week. Yeah, that's it for episode fifty-five here. Yeah. No uh, more vacations for us. No Back to work. <laughs> Every single week. Yeah, Star Wars won't let us rest anyway. <laughs> but no, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a great year with celebration and episode eight, and it's been one year since our very first show too. Oh yeah! Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go back and listen to the first show in case you're wondering. Yeah. Please. Just start in the middle. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> All, right. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. I don't time. like endings. You of don't fun. really. Not a fun. No, not a fun. And so it, was it was fun. fun. It was a lot of fun. Made a force. <laughs>